If your happy ending is no more joint pain, please try Sierra Sil with a money-back guarantee. It's all-natural joint pain relief that's changed our lives. Sierra, like the mountains, and Sil, like silicon. Go to sierrasil.com. Use the code DRIFT for 10% off. Hello, I'm Erin, and welcome to DRIFT, made possible by Envy Pillow. It's a Canadian-designed ergonomic pillow that cradles your face and aligns your spine and was created by Kathy and Kim, two registered nurses, with your health and the planet in mind. Learn more in the morning at Envy, E-N-V-Y, pillow.com. Thank you for coming here and sharing this sacred part of your day, these hours that are just for you, and for letting me take you to a place of fairy tales and happy endings. Before we head off, let's get in the right place in your bed so that you're comfy and cozy and ready to come with me. Let your arms and legs feel heavy. Release the hold on your neck, your jaw, your brow, your mouth. What we're going to do is just for you because you deserve this. And if you're ready, let's drift. It was that magic time of day before the sun begins to set, when it adds a soft golden hue to the world, and everything the sunlight touches seems to sparkle. A gentle warm breeze swirled around the willow trees that lined the unusually deep pond which shimmered with the rays of the late day sun. The pitter-patter of footsteps could be heard inching towards the water. A young maiden delightfully made her way over to her favorite spot in the entire kingdom. Her name was Jane. She looked to be about 20 years old. She had long reddish-brown tresses that ran down her back in soft waves. She wore a dress the shade of green crystal quartz that was lined with gold embroidery around the waist. Jane was a princess. She dwelt in the castle with her father, the king. She had no siblings, so the throne would be hers one day. Tragically, Jane lost her mother when she was only ten years old. Before her mother's passing, the queen left her daughter a circular golden ball, tiny enough to fit in the palm of her hand. It was etched with textured designs, making it one of a kind. Her mother believed that this unique trinket would bring happiness, good fortune, and courage whenever needed. It became Jane's most precious gift. She brought the golden ball everywhere with her. So much so, she even requested that all her gowns be made with pockets sewn into them, so she could always keep her mother's memory with her at all times. Just as she did each day before dinner, Jane headed off to the shimmering pond. Once there, 
She nestled herself into the lush grass, taking deep breaths in and out. It was like a soft bed beneath her. Jane felt so at peace here. It was as if Mother Nature tenderly whispered, It's okay. I'm here. I'll take care of you. The young maiden lay flat on her back, tossing her golden ball up into the air again and again. Each time, she would catch it perfectly in the palm of her hand. Jane threw the ball up into the air once again. This time, she thought she heard a sound coming from the base of one of the willow trees. The noise distracted her, so she missed catching the ball. It bounced off of her hand. Plop! It splashed into the water. By the time the girl had gotten up and stared into the pond, her golden ball had already begun to sink. Oh no, she cried as she plunged her hand beneath the surface, panicking. Her worried eyes and frantic hands scanned the area for a hint of gold. But alas, her precious ball was gone. Feelings of despair overwhelmed Jane as she slumped into the grass. A never-ending stream of tears flowed down her cheeks. Why are you crying? croaked a voice. Jane looked up and examined her surroundings. Where was the sound coming from, she wondered. Down here, said the voice. Jane glanced down into the grass. Sitting right beside her was a big, green frog. Oh, hello, said the girl softly as she dried her eyes. Please forgive my tears. No, it's okay, replied the frog in a soothing tone. What is it that makes you so upset? You see, I lost my golden ball in the water. It means so much to me. My mother gave it to me right before she passed. Now it is gone. The girl's tears reappeared. I can get your ball for you, the frog kindly replied. But on one condition, you have to be my friend. Hmm. Disgusted at the thought of being companions with a frog, Jane protested. Absolutely not. I will not sink as low as to befriend such a slimy creature. No, please. You see, I am actually a prince. An evil witch cast a spell on me one night and turned me into a frog. Only friendship can break the curse. I do not believe you, she said dismissively as she stood up to leave. Besides, people can't be friends with frogs. That's ridiculous. Goodbye. Without hesitation, the frog dove deep into the water and fished out the young maiden's golden ball. He brought it up to the surface and dropped it onto the grass. He wanted Jane to know that he was good-natured 
and meant her no harm. Well, Jane was shocked. She thought that her sacred possession was gone forever. Thank you so much, exclaimed Jane. I'm very appreciative of what you have done for me. She was just about to go when the frog called out once more. Wait, I'm very sorry, but I'm quite hungry. Is it possible I could go home with you and share a meal? I am not fond of eating flies. The girl took pity on him. I suppose it is the least I could do, she replied. So Jane picked up the big green frog, holding him carefully in her hands. As she cradled him, the two of them made their way back to the castle, Jane marching through the tall, swaying grasses as the soft breeze flowed through her long hair. With a pink sky now at their backs, they arrived at the front doors of the palace. Jane quickly hid the frog in one of her pockets, hoping that no one would see the creature that she was bringing inside. A man with a long, straight face, wearing a red buttoned-up tailcoat, opened the doors for them without so much as one word, but rather a head nod instead. The frog, peeking his head out of the layered fabric, peered wondrously at his surroundings, his eyes overwhelmed by the overt display of wealth. Sparkling chandeliers hung from beautifully gilded ceilings, while masterful artworks hung on the walls. There was a business to the castle, as maids and butlers bustled about in a hurry. Everything was perfectly placed, and not a single speck of dust lay on any surface. It was all so classy and ornate. It certainly was no place for a frog, but yet it was achingly familiar. Upon entering the princess's home, the frog's heart became filled with sadness and longing. He missed his life back home as a prince. He instantly yearned for lavish meals to fill his belly, a cozy bed to stretch out in as he drifted off to sleep, extravagant clothes to drape himself in, and a big bathtub to soak in. He longed to feel clean and fresh again. This elite lifestyle was lost to him now almost as if he had merely dreamt it. Jane and the frog followed a long red carpet to the wing of the castle where they were to dine with the king himself. A long wooden table stood before them, covered with plates of every kind of food imaginable. Big portrait paintings hung neatly on the red walls, and gold-pleated curtains fell from the tops of the windows. Another big shining chandelier lit up the room. Alternating black and white tiles lined the floor. It was all so regal. The king welcomed his daughter in a jolly tone. Ah, my dear Jane, are you ready for dinner? Yes, father, 
Jane skipped over to her seat. As she sat down, she delicately set the frog on the ground. Putting her index finger to her lips, she motioned for him to stay quiet. Once Jane's meal was served, she carefully placed tiny bits of food from her plate onto a napkin. She then secretly lowered it down to the shadow that stayed hidden underneath the wood table. No one noticed. The frog savored each bite of the tasty cuisine, grateful for the way it warmed his belly. If only he had known how much a luxury a home-cooked meal would be to him one day. Jane and her father chatted and giggled throughout dinner. The frog pined to belong in this kind of environment again. Feelings of nostalgia fell on him like storm clouds. He missed the boisterous laughs and hearty meals that were had round the dinner table with loved ones, and the unspoken language shared by all as they enjoyed each other's company. He wished so badly to jump up beside Jane and join in on the conversation. But he knew that it was best to remain unseen, as it could jeopardize everything for him. Workers came and collected the empty plates, and with that, dinner was over. The king headed back to his chambers to discuss political matters. Now it was just the frog and Jane. There was an awkward tension between them until the former prince accidentally let out one huge burp. With wide eyes, he stared at the maiden. He was afraid he had offended her. But to his surprise, Jane erupted in giggles. And for the first time, they shared a laugh together. It seemed as if the two were starting to get along. With the sky now dark and his tummy full, the frog knew better than to overstay his welcome. He thought he should go home. Why, thank you very much, the frog croaked in a happy tone. Your highness, your kindness does not go unnoticed. Oh, please, you can call me Jane, she replied with a smile. Well then, thank you, Jane. My name is Felix. They each stood facing each other, not knowing what to say next. I shall be getting home now, the amphibian announced shyly as he broke the silence. I don't want to bother you by overstaying my welcome. Oh, no, you're not bothering me at all, said Jane. Making note of how late it was, she stated, in fact, I'm not quite sure if it's safe for anyone to be out when it is dark. Would you like to stay the night? I would feel awful if you were harmed. Taking a pause, she then went on to say, it wouldn't be a bother at all. We have so many extra guest rooms here at the palace. The frog considered the princess's kind offer. It really would be nice to live one last night feeling like a royal again, he thought to himself. To get to sleep in a cozy bed 
would be such a treat. He agreed that it was maybe too dark for a defenseless frog like himself to be out and about at this hour. Here, let me show you something, Jane said, as she scooped him up in her hands and slid him back into her dress pocket. Jane walked down the royal halls, careful not to jostle Felix, who remained hidden. She paraded with her head held high, nodding to workers as they passed one another. Felix, forgetting the measures of a castle, felt as if it took forever until the princess stopped walking. Jane approached a big glass case mounted to one of the royal red walls. Within this case held all the keys that opened doors and safes in the entire palace. To Jane's delight and good fortune, the guard did not seem to notice her presence as he was too busy chatting with a group of giggly maids. Foolish, thought Jane. Unlatching the doors, she cracked them open. Her delicate fingers plucked a gold key with the words and numbers room 846 inscribed on it and slid her hand back out from the glass doors, shutting them closed again. She then slipped the key into her other pocket. A tiny smile sat delicately on her lips. She was so proud of her small victory. Hurrying up the marble steps, Jane's shoes pounded, click, clack, click, clack, click, clack. She found herself finally standing in front of a big door. The numbers 846 were chiseled into the door's dark wood. No one was permitted to enter a room of this stature without an escort, not even a princess. Jane made sure no one was watching her. She pushed the key in the lock and twisted the doorknob. She quickly snuck into the room. Once inside, she quietly shut the door behind her. She breathed a sigh of relief. Another small victory for Jane. Felix felt Jane's gentle hand scoop him up and out of her pocket. The room sparkled like a thousand diamonds. Crowns, tiaras, dazzling necklaces, bracelets, rings, and earrings. All carefully protected in shiny glass cases, like walking through a rainbow. The two were surrounded by jewels that shimmered in the candlelight, while reflecting a multitude of colors. Further into the gigantic room were all of Jane's beautifully handcrafted ball gowns, gowns that she had worn, and gowns that she will wear on the most special of occasions. It was like living a royal's best, brightest dream. What do you think? Jane asked proudly. It's glorious, marveled Felix as he hopped out of her hand onto one of the glass cases. We have a room just like this back home. So you say you're really a prince? Jane questioned, still unsure if Felix 
was as honest and noble as he made himself out to be. Tell me about your life as a prince. What kingdom do you come from? Okay, I'll answer your questions, the frog replied with a deep breath. I come from the northern kingdom. It's not as big as your kingdom, but still a kingdom nonetheless. I have two younger brothers, making me the first in line to the throne. Just like me, Jane thought to herself. Life for me growing up was simple, but also very difficult. Yes, I had everything one could ever wish for. But at the same time, I had nothing, he explained. I was very lonely. As future king, you aren't given many freedoms. I couldn't play with children in the courtyard the way my brothers did. I had to stay inside, as if hidden away, learning royal kingly protocols from a very young age. My life was not my own. Oh, oh, I understand how you feel, Jane said. As someone who is also in line to the throne, your freedoms truly are limited. How lonely it can be, even though you're constantly surrounded by people bustling about the castle, especially once my mother passed away. All the shiny things I owned, they suddenly seemed, well, dull. I'm sorry, Jane, replied Felix. It's okay. It was a long time ago. I still miss her every day, though. Attempting to change the subject, she curiously inquired, So how did you turn into a frog? It, too, happened a long time ago, replied Felix. I was on my way to the dining hall when I heard a loud commotion coming from the front doors. I became curious, so I followed the sound of booming voices. As I neared the guards, I saw an old woman. Her face was covered by a black hood as she stood before them. The woman was weeping, continued the frog. She said that her husband had died recently. Since his passing, she had run out of money and could no longer afford her home. She was hoping to find comfort and shelter at the palace. Since, after all, a monarchy is supposed to help its commoners. The guards would not let her in. They stood like a fortress, keeping her out. Just then... Her eyes fell on me. She shouted my name repeatedly, waving her arms in the air to get my attention. The woman grew angry, shouting that as future king, I needed to help my people. Now I knew that there was nothing I could do to help this woman. I felt guilt-ridden, but was completely powerless. With eyes like saucers, Jane hung on his every word. Then the old woman raised her arms high in the air and started chanting. The guards raised their shields, trying to protect me. Like a wave, her black magic swelled. It broke through the shields and hit me, 
straight on. I was instantly turned into the feeble frog you see before you. Princess Jane gasped. She was transfixed by this sad story. The old woman let out a huge cackle, said Felix. She looked at me square in the eye and proclaimed, be a frog until the end, until you make a lifelong friend. And then, just like that, she was gone. Jane felt her throat tighten. The story that Felix had told her at the pond was all starting to make sense to her now. Felix continued with sad eyes. The worst part of it all was that when the witch cast the curse, not only was I affected, so was my entire family and community. Everybody forgot I existed. I had been erased from everyone's memory. I was left to live the loneliest life. I traveled near and far in search of some company who could break the curse. Then I met you. Thank you for taking in a feeble frog. The girl's eyes were now watery as they welled up with tears. She could not believe the story she was hearing. She didn't even know how to respond. Wiping her tears, she said, Looks like we could both use each other's company. Would you be my friend? And just like that, a shimmering light began to swirl around Felix. It became so bright that Jane was forced to look away. The swirling, the light, then subsided. Jane turned back. She finally saw Felix for the prince he was. The curse had been broken. Jane looked into Prince Felix's clear green eyes and felt comforted by them. She knew exactly who he was. They both knew in that moment that they would never be alone ever again. The next morning, Felix traveled home, and everyone in the kingdom rejoiced. At long last, they all remembered him. They celebrated the twist of fate that had brought him back to them. Once again, cradled in the lap of luxury, Felix found himself feeling differently than he had as a pampered boy. Heir to the throne, he no longer took for granted a generous meal, a comfortable bed, a warm bath, or a kind word. The witch, in all her cruelty, had, it seemed, bestowed upon him several gifts. Empathy, understanding, appreciation, and kindness. His heart swelled with its newfound softness, but within it, there lived a spot that grew emptier by the day. Having found a friend, he had abandoned her so abruptly to return to his old and new life, and he missed his Jane. One evening, as dusk fell softly, he was reminded of the day he met her, and once again, he felt that emptiness that tugged at him daily. He rose from his chair at the dinner table 
and asked that word be sent to the livery to prepare his horse for a journey. How long he would be gone, he did not know. What the prince himself could also not have known is that Jane, too, had been pining. She found herself longing for what truly would make her heart at peace, her friend Felix. When he arrived at the castle gates at dawn, she awoke to the sound of the staff stirring to see who this visitor was and ran to her window. There, in the pastel shades of a perfect morning, was her friend. She rubbed her eyes in disbelief. But yes, it was indeed Felix, quickly donning a robe of crimson silk over her nightclothes. She ran, nearly flew, down the stone steps of the castle and out the heavy front doors. Felix dismounted and, pushing past guards who stood ready to protect their princess, embraced his dear Jane, who wept with joy. They were together again, and so it would always be. Prince Felix and Princess Jane were wed. And yes, they lived happily ever after. Now, drift off and sweet dreams. <laughs>